Little Allegory by Peter Cooley I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find, the sky said, spreading itself across the floor. Here, in the kitchen, its gold leaf freaked and split as it appeared and disappeared and stained the morning with its radiance. And furthermore, you're not my idea of a prophet or a sage, but here we are, plain speaking in blank verse. Look, I'm all the transcendence you will find today. If you'll just step into my shifting path. Light, shadow, light. Chiaroscuro, painters call it. And this is when the dust motes spin. Halos, each one, around an angel on the air. And this is how my story suspends. There where I am leaping, dancing, rising as I speak. No difference between my step and the supernal. Every note a grace note, that deep, high music. All right, welcome to Loudmouth Angel. Today I'm talking about Little Allegory by Peter Cooley. The actual text for this poem is going to be in the description of this episode. You'll be able to find a link to my website there where I will have written about this poem and... um, I'm also speaking about it on here, but if you prefer to read, that's fine. You can you can find it on there. So um, I think I found this on poems.com and I read the first two lines and I was so stunned. I was like, I need to save this. Like, I want to always remember how those first two lines made me feel. And it just gave me so much to think about, which is kind of why I wanted to share it on here. I always like to sort of do that that analysis that, you know, of course it sounds really pretty when you read it, but each time I read it, different words stand out to me in a different way. So, um, yeah, I thought it was worth kind of taking the time to, to work through and just kind of explain my response. So we're going to start from the beginning. Um, and so the first line is in quotations and it's, I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find. First of all, I love that um, because, uh, I don't know, I think it's 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 already kind of challenging our expectations um, just from the outset. I don't really know if I had any expectations going into reading this poem, but I love the idea of heaven not being what you thought um, because I think we all kind of have an idea of what heaven looks like for us in this first line kind of leaves like a little bit of mystery like well it's not what we thought but like what is it like is it better is it worse is it something completely you know unlike our imaginings of heaven and we don't really get an answer to that that question that we're left with because the next line um no longer in quotes this is the next line the sky said, spreading itself across the floor. So right there, that was kind of the moment that I was like, okay, I need to talk about this poem because the speaker of this poem is the sky. (laughs) And that to me is so cool and so just smart and I, I don't know, I love it. And so we're, first of all, the speaker is the sky 
And he's saying, or she's saying, I don't even know what to say. I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find. So the sky is explaining that it is part of heaven. And the next line is spreading itself across the floor. So if you imagine heaven, I guess that kind of is a little bit in line with what we thought. Um, where the clouds, the sky, is underneath us. It's on the floor, basically. Um, so that imagery of the sky spreading itself across the floor, to me, was just so, so cool. And it's funny because that kind of is how I imagine heaven, you know? With clouds sort of underfoot. And the first line, I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find. And that kind of makes me think, well... If we're standing on this floor of clouds, right? And we're in the, in the sky, I guess. Yet the sky is saying, I'm not the kind of heaven you would expect. Yet it looks the way we would expect. That kind of leads me to believe that there's more to it than that. Like maybe it looks like heaven in, in, its, in all appearances, but... There's an element to it that's something more. I'm not really sure. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's the first stanza. Second stanza. Um, here, in the kitchen. Its gold leaf freaked and split as it appeared and disappeared. And stained. And then a new line. The morning with its radiance. A new stanza, sorry. Oh, it's going to be so much easier if you can look at this as you listen. Um, so make sure you check out my, my link that's in the description, but anyway, so the sky said, spreading itself across the floor, here in the kitchen, uh, why are we in a kitchen? I don't know, <laughs> um, supposedly we're in heaven, but we're also in a kitchen, kind of a strange, kind of a strange thing, um, it's gold leaf, the soap, the sky's gold leaf, freaked and split as it appeared and disappeared, so this to me just basically means movement. Gold leaf is something I imagine, I kind of associate that with heaven anyway, like clouds and, you know, dainty, like um, just sort of delicate flakes of gold everywhere and flecks like in the sky and all of that. Um, the verb freaked and split, um, those are some... That was an interesting word choice, I thought. Um, so the sky, the gold leaf, freaked and split. It sounds very haphazard. Um, not really by design at all. Um, imperfect. And a little bit chaotic, I guess would be the word. Which is funny because that is not really what we would associate um heaven with if that makes sense so it's kind of coming together in my head like as I read it and talk about it a little bit um but yeah gold leaf freaked and split so also the 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 um the chaos of it it it, it makes me think that it might be kind of blinding like really bright um, because it's gold, it's reflective, you know, it's, it's going in all directions, like, I just kind of imagine it to be really bright and blinding, um, 
And so the next line, as it appeared and disappeared. So yeah, we have movement, right? The gold leaf, this, this light is appearing and disappearing. Um, and the next section, and stained the morning with its radiance. I love the idea, well, I love the choice of words there, stained the morning. It's funny because like when you first wake up in the morning, it's like the sky is really just like white. I mean, there's a sunrise, of course, but like after that, the sky doesn't like get blue right away. I don't, maybe, maybe that's not always the case, but right now in winter, that's exactly what it feels like. You wake up and you look outside and once the light comes, it's just like the sky is white. It's like white and cold and clean. Um, and so I really resonated with this line when it talked about the, the gold leaf of the sky, like staining the morning with its radiance like it's so clean and white like a white canvas and then yeah you you get the idea um the next line we're back to quotes and furthermore right this is still the sky speaking you are not my idea of a prophet or a sage so that to me is really funny because it's kind of like the sky calling you out it's like listen I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find, and you're not the kind of prophet or angel or sage that I thought I would be getting, <laughs> which is really funny because, <laughs> I don't know, I just kind of, you think, you imagine yourself to get to heaven kind of actualized, you know, and um, enlightened maybe, and then it's really funny to like, the idea of you getting there and the sky is like, yeah, you're not what I expected. <laughs> that just is, I love that, that idea. Um, next line. But here we are, plain speaking in blank verse. This line is a little bit of a tongue twister for me. I've had to say it like a couple times. I had to read through it to practice because I was like, plain speaking in blank verse is hard to say. Um, because as a reader, you're always anticipating the next word. So plain speaking in blank, I'm like plain, bleak, like I'm not saying it right. So I had to practice it. Um, and I wondered like why the author would put those words together that way to like kind of challenge the reader. Um, I always stumble on them. And it's funny because he's saying, um, well, the speaker is saying um, plain speaking in blank verse, blank verse, meaning that it's simple. Um, and easy to to read and understand and it's not rhyming and it's just kind of straight streamlined and straightforward but plain speaking in blank verse just the way he he set it up just makes it a little bit more complex um which is kind of the sense that I get from this whole poem is like it's blank verse but there's a little bit more to it just like it's heaven but there's a little bit more to it I don't know that's just my initial reaction um and the sky still talking it's like it's oh look I'm all the transcendence you will find today I love that it's kind of like they're the sky and the the person I guess us whoever he's the speaker is addressing is like, look, this is where we are. This is what we're dealing with. Um, I'm all the transcendence you're going to find today. So any any 
profound existential experience that you expect to have, it's coming through me. And like I already established in the first line, I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find. So he's just sort of, this is all kind of like a a weird exercise in like managing expectations kind of like, look, this is all you're going to get. And I love that straightforwardness. And then the next line is kind of an invitation. Um, Still the dialogue from the sky. If you'll just step into my shifting path. Um, Okay, so then there's an M dash and a new stanza. And the next line is light, shadow, light, and then an M dash. And I like the rhythm that the words light, shadow, light give to that that section of the poem because it does sound like there's a shifting going on. It sounds like movement, light, shadow, light, like waves. Or just kind of like a, um, like an ebb and flow, maybe. I'm not really sure. Um, but I really loved the structure of that with the M dashes. I loved the way that it was sectioned off. Um, just thinking about the format, um, or the form, I guess I should say. The next word, um, chiaroscuro. That was another word I had to practice many times. <laughs> to say correctly um and that just means like the treatment of light and shade um usually has to do with painting which is why the next line it's uh chiaroscuro painters call it um but yeah I love I love that like the um just the effect of light falling kind of unevenly or from a particular direction and it's so, it can be so precise, but then also so inconsequential, the way light falls on an object. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the next line. And this is when the dust motes spin. So this is sort of a transition line. Um, you have the invitation from the sky, like, just step onto my shifting path if transcendence is, you know, what you're looking for. And the next line, um, and this is when the dust motes spin. You're kind of getting the sense that this is, something's happening here. Like, this is, this is, um, the, the transcendence that's, that's going to be taking place. The next line, halos, each one, um, so the dust motes are the halos spinning um, around an angel on the air. So that's really, it's funny because like if you ever are in a room that, you know, you have some light streaming, sunlight through the window, you can see the little dust motes in the air. I just, this is such a brilliant line because everyone can picture this. Um, and they just kind of hang there in the air. Um, through this, like, filtered light. And we can all picture that in our heads. And so this idea of these little tiny dust motes starting to spin and have, like, sort of a... I'm not quite sure what the word is. Like a, a synchronization 
happening between all of them where they start to spin like little halos that that's just like almost an unbelievable thought like it's really hard for me to picture but it's so cool to think about um so yeah dust mote spinning halos around an angel on the air and so my question here is like around an angel on the air so is the angel us like is is this guy referring to us I don't think it is. I'm not really sure. Because the speaker, there's a disassociation between the speaker and this angel, right? It's like around an angel on the air. And then the next line is, and this is how my story suspends. So I'm I'm wondering if around an angel, maybe it's, maybe that is that kind of moment of self-actualization where it's like, you know, the speaker doesn't quite identify with this angel, but like it is them. And it is them kind of stepping into this transcendence. Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't have the answers. <laughs> I just appreciate, you know, how amazing this is to read and just kind of experience. Um, okay. And this is how my story suspends. There. Next line. Where I am leaping, dancing, rising as I speak. Okay? So, um, I guess the speaker has stepped on to the shifting path of the sky. Um, and there is leaping, dancing rising those are all really um uplifting sort of verbs to use and i kind of wonder like is the speaker leaping dancing and rising because the ground is constantly shifting like are they are they kind of taking on this movement in harmony with the ground um or is just this just like out of pure joy? I don't know. I like both ideas. It doesn't really matter. Um, rising as I speak. The next line. No difference between my step and the supernal. Um, so that to me is just like the ultimate line of like becoming one with um, this heavenly realm. Um, supernal is pretty much anything that relates to like the sky or the heavens. So to, that to me kind of seems like a little bit of, this is the, the growth of the speaker maybe. Um, I don't know, you might disagree, but in my head, I kind of see where the speaker says, um, you know, these, these halos around an angel. I think that the angel is them. And when they say, this is how my story suspends, it's like, this is that moment of no return almost that moment of transition of becoming um celestial and heavenly um no difference between my step and the supernal so that to me is like that that moment of sort of becoming angelic i think um and the next line every note a grace note that's beautiful imagine a place where like 
everything is pitch perfect and on key. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how I imagine it is like every note, a grace note. Um, that deep, high music. The, the ending of this, too, is just so strong to me. That deep, high music. First of all, that's kind of the most perfect paradox I've ever heard because. And this would only really function in this kind of like heavenly metaphysical realm, right? Where something that's very deep is usually associated with something that's very low. Um, But then the speaker is also describing the music as being high. So it's both deep and high. That to me is like, well, this is heaven. Like it's it's all things. It can be everything at once. Um, so yeah, uh, really, and so that kind of, that idea sort of takes me back to, to the beginning of that first line, that sort of the thesis of this, maybe not the thesis, but the opening argument of, I'm not the kind of heaven you thought you'd find, and then the bottom, the last line, like, you know, no difference between my step and the supernal, like, everything is, is, there's a oneness, um, a connectedness, um, and there's sort of, um, and it's indistinguishable, the speaker and the celestial surroundings, and every note, a grace note, that deep, high music, yeah, so again, all things. It's just very, very crazy. And the, the, the title is Little Allegory. So I don't necessarily know <laughs> what the speaker, what the, what the author means by that. Um, I mean, of course we know what an allegory is. I mean, the idea is that, you know, there's some kind of a hidden meaning here. I don't necessarily know <laughs> what that is, but I do love the way that kind of rings um, when you say it, little allegory. It's like, um, I don't know. I think it's it's the double T and the double L um, that really, it has like a very sing-songy sort of characteristic about it. So yeah, that's it. Um, and I don't really have any kind of culminating conclusion to, to add for this poem. I think it just kind of, I think that will probably be the case with a lot of poems because the the point isn't necessarily to, to figure it out and, you know, be able to look at someone and say, this is what this is saying. I don't think it's that, um, cut and dry. And I think it matters more how you feel reading it line by line than actually coming to some kind of, you know, conclusion that will educate you or enlighten you or or something like that. You don't need to have it kind of wrapped up and tied together with a bow at the end. Like, it's more about the 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 breaths that you take between each line and how it feels when you read it. So, anyway... <laughs> kind of going off on a little tangent, but that's, that's pretty much it. Um, I hope you guys like this poem and I 
like I said, we'll have a link to it um, in the description if you want to take a look at the form that the uh, writer used. And yeah, make sure you um, check out my Instagram. It's at Monica Jean Swanton. And then also, please feel free to subscribe and give me a rating or review if you liked this. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.